money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Good, because this is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. Yes. And, you know, today I am I'm totally excited with the guests that we have with us. I'm a little bit, um, oh, what's the word, cautious? I don't know if cautious is the word. I guess I'm excited about the topic we're going we're gonna to have today because we're talking about the interaction between money and the church. Right, which can be, uh, I think everyone would want to tune in because they're going to be curious to hear what our special guest has to say because it has to do with pastors too. So, um, but- I mean, we've had this conversation before and before you get to the scripture, okay. before we get to that, I just want to set the stage a little because I say very often, and we've had this conversation where we, we take our money cues from culture around us. Our, our money experience, our money story is very often more caught than taught, right? right. It's, it's less of an intentional thing. And, and yet, here we, and we've said this before, the Bible has 2,350 verses that talk about money and possessions. The, money, the Bible has a lot to say about money, but we do need to dig into it. And so when we're digging into it, we can do that in our own personal time, but we are also going to do that in our community, in our church community, specifically when we go to church on Sunday night or Sunday morning or Saturday night or whenever you go to church. That you're going to go to a service, you're going to go to a place where there's a bit of an expectation where I'm going to experience God's presence, I'm going to learn something from God's Word, and you know, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, that's delivered from a pastor, it's delivered from, from a, a leader, and we've got a pastor here in, 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 in the uh, studio with us today, and Pastor Dan Massey, and we're going to bring Dan into the conversation, but that's what we're really talking about today, is... This idea of in the church service, in, in the church community, we don't often see the co- real conversations, real learning about money. Uh, it's just assumed or picked up or, or skirted around. And so we're going to just go right into the hard issue. Yes, because I think um, what one of the things we do on the show is to uncover things sometimes, and we want to uncover what's happening in the church around conversation and money. And one of the things that we're here um, on the radio to do is to talk about money and to encourage other people. So that's why I'm excited that we're talking about this and that Dan has the courage to come and, and help us uncover what's going on in the church because scripture is so clear that when we gather, and I'm going to read scripture from James 5, when we gather um, together in a church building or not, with your pastor or not, you can have these conversations with people because you are the church. I am the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen in that building anymore. It doesn't have to happen in a building and it can happen in a conversation on the street. 
Uh, So I'm going to read these verses from James 5. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. There's a lot in these verses, but what, what, um, even in our conversation with Pastor Dan before the show, these verses talk about confessing your sin to one another. When we gather, we confess our sin to one another. If you are, when is the last time you told someone that you're having trouble financially? What is the last time that you as a person said, you know what? I just, when I go shopping, I just love buying clothes and I think I'm addicted. When is the last time you told somebody that? Because we don't have the courage to do it. It's covered up or, or we're ashamed or we don't even recognize it's a problem. But scripture is clear that when we gather together and we tell each other about what we struggle with and pray for one another, we are going to be forgiven and healed. And who knows what that prayer, that effective prayer will do and to see how God is going to grace us and cloak us with the provision and the open doors to find a way out of our trouble. And it's not a magic, Dave and I have been talking about this a lot lately. It's not a magic formula. Jesus isn't about magic. He's not about superstition. You pray his name and you're going to have it. Or you're going to, you know, give and God's going to just, you know, put it back in your bank account. It's not a magic formula. It's a relationship. And it's relationship with the others who follow Christ. And it's relationship with him, himself. And we sometimes, I sometimes fall in the trap of it being a superstitious thing. Well, Bible says I'm going to go confess. So then if I confess it to Pastor Dan, then Dan's going to pray for me and all my problems are going to go away. Well, and he's shaking his head. It doesn't happen that way. It's about relationship. It's walking out the journey together. And that's what we want to encourage. We want to get this money conversation happening with pastors and congregations because it's not all about the pastor. It's not his, all his responsibility, and we're going to tackle that, about that today. And and so, Dan, we're going to bring you in in a, just a second. Dan Massey has been a pastor for 22 years. He's a pastor of pastors, so he has a number of pastors who he's mentoring. Um, so I think that gives him, on a, on a pastor standpoint, some credibility. But I want to speak to the pastors before we bring Dan in, because I just want to honor them. I, I want to say, you know, the responsibility of, of leading a congregation, leading a group of people in, in their spiritual walk that's a high, high calling. And again, sometimes we as congregants, so, you know, the, the person that attends, uh, you know, has this expectation that the pastor is going to have all of the ducks in a row, is going to know everything about everything. Uh, and, and one of the examples that uh, Dan knows, I'm a car guy. Uh, so, Dan, come on into the conversation here, Dan. <laughs> so, so, Dan knows I'm a, a, a car guy. And, uh, you know, he said to me the other day, he says, Dave, if I have one of my people call and say, I'm going to go buy a car, will you come with me? Dan, what was your response? 
Absolutely not. (laughs) The only thing I know about cars is putting gas in the tank. Right. So, so maybe Dan's not the guy as a as a person in his flock, and that you want to call Dan up and say, "Let's go buy a car," because you know that whole blind leading the blind thing might come into play. For sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so, in money, we, we have this. In a, it's an unspoken expectation that money is such a big part of all of our lives. So, yes, we, we want to dialogue together. We want to work it out. But as a pastor, where do pastors, in a sense, uh, take that working out at, with their congregation? So if somebody in your congregation says, Dan, um, I'm struggling with money, is there an expectation for you then as the pastor to, to in a sense, say, well, what do you say to that? I guess that's the question I'm asking. What do you say to that when somebody comes to you and says, just like the car example, uh, you know, I'm going to go buy a car. You can say, well, I'm not really the guy to do that. But do you feel that same freedom when it comes to money? I think generally speaking, Dave, no. Um, for, for myself in my own ministry, because of my own journey, I feel that I can help people to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then I bring in other people who are more knowledgeable, more gifted on the subject. But I, I don't think a lot of people go to the church to say, we're having money issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will come and say, I can't pay my hydro bill. I can't uh, pay my rent. I have a car payment due and there may be some, sometimes it's just to talk, but often it's to get money from like mm-hmm. a benevolent fund. Mm-hmm. So really, in that case, we're just putting a Band-Aid over a period of mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. till the same problem comes up. And that's not the solution that we need. So I'm going to put the disclaimer in here. We're having the conversation about the money. These are conversations, and, and you as a listener get to agree or disagree. Sure. We, we, we confess quite openly that we don't have all the answers, but why do you think that's true? Why do you think that when people come, they say, hey, I'm coming to the church, and you know, I don't have a hydro bill, but I don't actually want to change my heart. I don't want to change anything. I don't want you to speak to anything in terms of changing. Just, you know, help me out with my hydro bill and, and, uh, and then we'll go from that. Why do you think that is? Well, I think people are looking for a quick solution because that's who we're taught. You know, the idea of you need it now. Mm-hmm. So it isn't about planning for the future. Um, it isn't about saving. It isn't about emergency funds. Mm-hmm. It's just about, this is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. And, and they live in the moment. And it, it's only going to take them farther down a path that is going to take them into further debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that is that, do you think, a common maybe problem if we could put that word on it that pe- that when we go to church we're not seeing the church uh community as being an answer for us to find financial solutions or or are people even wanting to find financial solutions 
Well, I think they may want to, mm-hmm. but I recognize that the church actually has a solution. We have the handbook mm-hmm. on money. Right. And you know, it, and that it, means scripture. Right. That's what you refer to. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, if money is talked about, you said, two, over 2,350, yeah. 2,350 <laughs> times, yeah. then it has to be a subject that's important to God. Mm-hmm. And when I read that the love of money is the root of all evil, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't money be important no, to of God? Course it is. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that you, you know, you coddle your money or your. Well, your some of us do, but yeah, we won't <laughs> go there today. <laughs> but, but here, but I'm gonna inter- Can I interject with a question? Yeah. Because Dan has his own journey. You have your mm-hmm. own financial journey. I'm just gonna throw that in there. So how did? Can you give us in a couple minutes your own financial journey? Sure. I was working in IT for 13 years, and I had done very, very well, and then I felt a call of God. And I began to pursue the ministry, and as I went into ministry, as you know, IT people tend to make more money than pastors. (laughs) So I took quite a hit, but my wife and I, we continued to live as though we were making the money that I've been making in IT. And after about seven or eight years, that really caught up to us. And we found ourselves, we weren't drowning in debt, but it was right up to our chins. (laughs) And and we started to look for answers. And someone told me about more than enough. Mm -hmm. So uh, I saw the picture of this guy on the website and I thought, well, he he looks pretty, you know, intelligent. <laughs> so I think I'll so give great. him a call. Right. And and Dave, you sat down with us and started to work with us and teach us and put together a plan. Uh, I can honestly say that we were not lovers of money. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably um I'm going to say inappropriately gave away mm-hmm. more money than we should have, um, but it wasn't in balance. Mm-hmm. And then we began this journey, and I don't know how many years it's been, but we're down to the point we have a small mortgage and we have a relatively small loan that we can afford. Mm-hmm. And when I used to have to pay my bills, I would print them out of my database, right? And it would be an eleven by fourteen right. sheet of paper, right. and, and juggling everything around. And now I sit down, and it's not even an eight and a half right. by eleven. And in about three transactions, I'm done for two weeks, right? And the freedom that has brought to us, I said to Anne when we got, you know, to a, a point where everything is comfortable and good. Mm-hmm. So I never, ever want to go back there, mm-hmm. ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I see other people not only living with debt, but also not experiencing the blessing of generosity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not giving to God what belongs to him. Mm-hmm. In preparation for today, I preached 
on Monday on Sunday. Okay. Thought if a pastor's going to come and talk to other people, he he better be up. So um, we <laughs> better be we, telling his own congregation. Right, right. right. We we're doing the Lord's prayer and we've come to um, deliver us from evil. And of course, the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. So it was a great segue, and I brought out the example that the the offering that we put on the collection plate mm-hmm. that envelope doesn't represent that portion you're giving to God, the envelope has to represent everything. Wow. So your cards on the collection plate, your house, your groceries, your even your debt, you have mm-hmm. to give it over to God. And then the big part is your heart, mm-hmm. because the heart is where it all begins, mm-hmm. whether you're extravagant or stingy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the heart. One is causing you to have to have possessions. The other mm-hmm. one is just keeping keeping you in bondage by holding all your money in, mm-hmm. in a place and not having that joy of helping others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a powerful picture. That is. What a powerful picture to, to see. You know, it all goes on the plate, <laughs> so it to speak. It plate. all goes yes. on the plate. <laughs> So we might be bringing that one back around. I know. I, I think I think right? there's a little <laughs> bit of a, a saying there we're going to use, but I that is a. So what's happened for you then? So I have a question. Before you were getting your money right, like on this journey, okay. So before you came to more than enough, is is money something you you preached on in your congregation? Would you have said? I would say yes. But probably poorly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and as, a, as we went through the journey, we, in many ways, took the church through the journey with us. Right. We started holding money fitness seminars. We started talking about money. We built relationship with more than enough. Um, on both a, a professional level and a personal mm-hmm. level, so we could bring that into the church. Um, it, it resulted in a debt freedom center mm-hmm. being created, which now they've opened up across Canada. Right. Um, so, and that's. I think that goes back to a little bit where where we were starting, just saying, you know. As a pastor or as a leader, and if you're a pastor or leader listening to this, and you're saying, hey, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to. Uh, I love what you said, where you said, you know, we started this journey personally, and, and so we took the church along with us on the journey. And, and there are, I'm sure, some people that went along with you, and there were some people that didn't really go along with you, and that's okay too, right? In the sense that that's the journey of how it goes. But uh, certainly as a leader then, being able to be authentic in your journey uh, around such an important part of all of our lives. Again, money is, and uh, I'll say this, uh, and I'm not going to qualify, but it is one of the biggest um, competitions against God. It's, you know, it's vying for our attention. It's vying for our trust. It's vying for all the things that God says, I want to give you a wonderful place to live, a safe place to live, a great family. I want to give you provision. I want to take care of you. That's what God's heart is, and that's what he's saying. He wants to care for us in the same way that a father cares for his child. And money says, hey, 
work harder, do more, you know, be self-sufficient, get what you want, when you want, how you want, all of those things. I mean, there, there's a totally different message that's going on there in terms of money competing for our heart with God competing for our heart. And so as a pastor, uh, I know that's, that's something that, you know, as you recognize that money is, is actually chasing the heart of your people it's it's trying to capture the heart and i know your heart is is that you want the people who are in your congregation to actually choose god and to have god you know them opening up their hearts to god and not money and so you know around that opening up the conversation and allowing that that journey with your church just going to honor you with that uh pastor dan and, and allow you to go hey that's that's we need more of that i think in terms of just authentic uh experience together around money sure Dave, when when you made this statement about um money mm-hmm. i can't remember how you worded it but so i'll just go on in my talking here um when churches and charities across canada are getting two percent yeah the income of the average household and consumer debt, people are giving 10% of their consumer debt. The, the debt and the money has the heart in Mm -hmm. bondage Mm -hmm. and it's in the church. So if the heart is in bondage, how, how can you give that heart over to God until the bondage is broken? Mm -hmm. And as, as I talk to people uh even sunday uh a senior couple said we we don't have any financial problems we have no debt we're comfortable and i said but i bet your family does Mm -hmm. and she said oh yeah and we try to help and and i think you know it it becomes taxing generationally Mm -hmm as well so you know we talk about generational sin in the church Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well it's starting Mm -hmm. and and it can only get worse unless we break the cycle Mm -hmm. which means becoming very humble and confessing Mm -hmm. this this evil it's Mm -hmm. it's more than sin Mm -hmm. it's evil Mm -hmm. confessing it with others so that god can shine his light on it and set us free. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, brings us back around to where we started in James 5, you know, in the sense of saying, you know, if, and, and Reb, when, when you said, I want to share James 5, and I'm thinking, it's not about money. <laughs> it's not really about pastors and, and all that. And yet it is about, the, you know, how, how can we address this? How can pastors be set free to have their own financial journey and to actually share that within their congregation and say, you know what, in this area, yeah, I've got some things that I want to speak to. In this area, I've had my own journey, and, and I can speak to those things. And yet, in this area, in the area of money, I'm not as confident as I want to be. Or maybe I, I, I you know, and for the congregation to administer grace as well as to, to just say, for the pastor to say, it's okay that 
you know, as we come together as a congregation, we can, you know, first of all, pray. We praise God together. We journey together. Um, I, I love this, James passage for you know it's the simplicity hey if somebody's sick well we call the elders and we pray for them and we do that and in our money story if somebody has a need yes there's a benevolent fund a practical application but there's also just getting the leadership together and praying for them and saying hey let's just pray about this and see if the lord has a solution the difference that I see here is people people who are sick and come for prayer. There's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we can be very quick to judge people who have maybe mismanaged their finances or even if they just simply don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, although you believe everybody has more than enough. More than enough. But But, you know, they're just, they have a very small income. Mm -hmm. Um, There needs to be on the behalf of the listener Mm -hmm. when the confessor is confessing that there be no judgment Mm -hmm. and particularly with the pastor, Mm -hmm. not the judgment. Well, he thinks we should give him more money Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. she thinks this, none of that, Mm -hmm. um, that, that freedom to not be judged mm-hmm. uh, because it's money is such a sensitive issue. Right. When the word says, confess your sin to one another, it's hard because often we won't because we feel that judgment. So we'd rather going back to what you said, you know, come, someone comes to, I've got a hydro bill. So you put the band aid on the hydro bill without actually tackling what's going on underneath, you know, and we say, well, who are we to ask such questions? Well, I say, who are we not to ask the questions? If God calls us to love and truth, then that is what we need to be. We need to be courageous. And you know what? We may be offending people, but that offense is really coming out of a heart of concern. You know, we only know when we're judging people. We know when we see someone that the pastor in that, the bridge church, I can't remember his name, but um, I heard him speak a few weeks ago. Pastor Allen. Pastor Allen. It was awesome. He said, you go sign up for that financial fitness seminar. And he said, don't think that your people are judging you because scripture says you are wise when you seek counsel. So when you're signing up for that financial fitness seminar, seminar, when you're going to your pastor and saying, I have trouble, you are actually wise because you're seeking counsel. You, you shake off the shame. I know it takes courage, but if you are, are willing, if, if the pain is great enough today that you need to talk to your pastor or as a pastor, your pain is great enough that you need to find somewhere safe, mm-hmm. find that safe place. Um, you can call us or you can call your denomination to find a safe place to get the healing you need financially. So there's the homework. And we're going we're gonna to preface the, that because that's exactly where we want to go. Is, is We all have a financial journey. And we need to find safe places where we can talk about this money issue. And it might be in your, in your congregation. It might be just in another couple, but you need to vet that. So you can't just run to the, your favorite uncles, friends, neighbors, whatever, and say, okay, I'm going to spill my guts. You need, this is a topic where we need to seek wise counsel. We need to come into and say, this is where it is. So I want you to, in terms of homework, 
If you feel like you want to, there's some money conversation that I need to have, then seek out some wise counsel. Take some, a little extra time to do that and say, I'd like to go out for coffee with you, or I'd like to spend the time and we're going to talk about money. And this is, and preface it, this is going to be a, a, a deep conversation. So, and, and allow that healing to come, confess your sin one to another and healing will come. We've only got a few minutes left, so I'm going to leave it at that. There's the challenge. We all can share our money story, uh, but we need, do need those safe places to do it. And I think it, it certainly can be found in our congregations. It can be found with our pastor. It can be found with, with other people within our church community. But the conversation does need to start so that we can experience healing and wholeness. Mm. Next week... We didn't pray. Well, I know. Well, we'll get to prayer. Okay. Praying one for another. Okay. So you're going to pray? Okay. <laughs> oh, We're going to let Reb pray for one another, and then I'm going to tell you what's going to happen next week. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for this morning and for the truth and the encouragement that you want to bring to us. Father, may we confess our sin to you and uh, and turn to follow your path, your principles in your word, because they're so good. Father, will you encourage us on this journey? Encourage the pastors who are struggling, Father, that they will reach out to you and to a, into a safe place where they can find the freedom they need. We pray this in your name, Jesus, because of all you have done for us. Amen. So, Pastor Dan, would you join us next week? Because that's why I was so excited before the <laughs> prayer. Will you join us next week to continue the conversation around this money and story? I would be happy to. Awesome. If you've got comments, if you want a feedback, Facebook page, look us up on iTunes, chri.ca, morethanenough.ca. If you need to re-listen to this show, all those places, we can make it readily available for you. And join us next week as we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.